0: Oh, good evening. Let's uh, let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we come to you, Lord, needy, and Lord, we ask you for your help tonight. Lord, open this text to us, teach us from your word. Lord, send your Holy Spirit that he might equip us. Lord, help us to be skillful in using your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So, tonight we are on chapter 10 and paragraph 1, the effectual call. And why is this important? I think for, for believers this is important because it, it helps us to identify uh, how the Holy Spirit and how, how, how God saved us. And maybe you look back and you say, now I see, I understand. I could see that working in my own life. And it also instructs us how to pray for our children, how to pray for the lost. You'll hear us often as uh, to pray, we pray for ears to hear. God caused the, we we say that with the preaching of the gospel, signs and wonders followed. What followed? The dead were raised, the, the blind saw, and the deaf heard. And so we're born spiritually deaf, and so we pray that the deaf would hear. That's part of the effectual call. So if we have chapter 10 and paragraph 1, Those whom God hath predestined unto life, he is pleased in his appointed and accepted time, effectually to call by his word and spirit out of a state of sin and death, in which they are by nature, to grace and salvation by Jesus Christ, enlightening their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the things of God, taking away their heart of stone and giving them a heart of flesh, renewing their wills, and by his almighty power, determining them to that which is good, and effectually drawing them to Jesus Christ, yet so as they come most freely, being made willing by his grace. So who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Who's who's this chapter talking about, or paragraph? The The elect, the elect. God's elect people. Those whom God hath predestined to life. When were they chosen? When? Don't be afraid. A long time ago. ago, Before the foundation of the world. Why were they chosen and called? For his good purposes. Yes. For his good purposes. Not because you're so, uh, you know. Why did he choose Israel? Because they were such a great people? Remember why he chose them? Because they were what? They were stubborn. They were the most stiff neck because he's going to reveal his glory in them like no other people. All the other nations that say, wow. and That's true of you and I. He didn't choose us because we were so marvelous. He chose us to demonstrate his glory and his power. Well, Ephesians 1 and, and verse 4 says this just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, you were chosen in him before the foundation of the world that you should be holy and without blame before him in love. <laughs> Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He has made us acceptable or accepted in the beloved. He didn't choose us to do what we want. He didn't choose us so we can just be greasy grace to say, you know what? Hey, I can't ever lose my salvation, so I can do whatever I want. No, He He, he saved us. Paul says here that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He's doing something in us. And the confession here says he is pleased. Okay, so you're chosen, you're called before the foundation of the world. You were predestined to that. But then he says he is pleased in his appointed and accepted time. Effectually to call. By his word and spirit out of that state of sin and death in which they are by nature to grace and salvation by Jesus Christ. You know a good example of this? Think of, think of the disciples. They spent how many years? A couple of years they spent at, at, at the Messiah's side. Walking alongside of him. And yet they didn't get it until when? When? After, after the resurrection, and they're walking on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus begins to—he to, to, opens the text to them, and they see. You see the word of God burned in their hearts. And there's this time and a season, and you children. Sometimes you can sit, you can hear Mister Mister Law or some Mister Powers or Mister Fowler, Mister or or Somebody preaching, whoever it is. And it's just blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm thinking about playing baseball this afternoon. Blah, 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 blah. And then one day you're sitting in here and you just you just can't move out of your chair. You're just like so convicted. You see it. I get it. I understand. You see, Paul said, the God of this world hath blinded some. What's worse than that even, because we were blinded at birth. Our condition in Adam, the natural man, who we were in Adam, we're born, stillborn. We died. when, When Adam died, you died. I died. And so our natural state in this world is dead. No life in us. We're blind and we're deaf. But... He is pleased in his appointed and accepted time. I hear people say, oh, I've wasted my life. Well, maybe, but probably not, because God, there's an appointed time when God chose to reveal the Son to you. you. Remember the parable, some come late in the hour, some early. For children, we pray that God would reveal a son to them. Effectually to call, and here's the means, by his word and spirit out of that state of sin and death. That's the state you're in. You're not by nature a good person. You're not by nature you're not going because you're not going to follow Christ because you choose to or feel like it. You're incapable of that. That's your nature. Romans 8:30. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. So, okay, if he predestined you, he's going to call you. The call is going to come. When it's going to come, he predestined before the foundation of the world. When it comes, is is totally determined upon when he will do that. And by the way, our prayers. May be the second means. Our prayers may be the means that God uses. We get to participate in it. Who does the calling? Another question. Who? Who does the calling? God calls, He is pleased in his appointed and accepted time to call when does he call another question you got you got to be interactive tonight who when does he call mike his and time. yeah at his time in his good time and pleasure when he feels like it not when he feels like it but he's already predetermined it Ephesians 1.10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtain, obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Yeah, is, it, is it any coincidence that when I'm a senior in college and, you know, these These preachers come to the campus and they're outside preaching and we're laughing and mocking them and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But at the appointed time, they were to be there. And and God's working his will, arranging this and arranging that. So, not by coincidence. I was at a men's... I was at Kevin Swanson's a few years back for a Shepherds conference, and I was telling Josh the story. You know, there's this guy sitting there, and he he was a little different than the rest of the group. And I said, "What's your story?" And he says, "Well, I was a I was a professional baseball player, and um, you know, he, he, I would listen to Joel Olstein and." And you know, my mom would always send me Joel Olstein books, and whenever I get depressed or you know, I was so hung over or drugged out or whatever, I would I would get on it and I would, and I would feel good about myself again. And he goes, I I, I I saw this you know clip on a YouTube video or something about this guy who's you know was preaching that uh, Joel Olstein was a false prophet. And he said I and I I downloaded this message and I listened, it was Paul Washer. And he gets radically saved. I mean, radically saved. Coincidence that he just happened to come across that message, right? This is appointed time. No coincidence. See, God interrupts your life, like He interrupted my life. I wasn't thinking about God; I had my own plans, my own life, everything. And He breaks in and He interrupts our life, and all of a sudden, the things that you have no interest in, all of a sudden, you. Are very interested in and see this is the thing man in our natural our depraved state were powerless against sin you're under its power you're under its penalty its presence is there in your life and you enjoy the pleasure of it Well, if we're called, what are we called out of? Anybody want to take a gander at that one? We, you'll hear us pray that all the time. We thank God. Why? Because he's called us out of what? Out of darkness into what? Into his marvelous light. So he's called us out of something, and he's called us into something. You are a chosen generation, Peter says, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now are the people of God. See, that comes with calling. When he calls you out, you become his own people. You become part of the invisible church and the people who's obtained mercy. And we're called to something else, too. We're called to fellowship. In in 1 Corinthians, again, he says, you're called to fellowship with his son. Another thing that we're called to is we're called into the... We heard the message this morning of the kingdom of God. We're called into the kingdom of God. Here's another thing. We're called to be saints. Timothy, or Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.12, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which also you were called. You were called to eternal life. Isn't that a glorious truth? Are you thankful for that? Well, how does one last question for you here? How does he bring the call to life? How does he do it? What does it mean? It tells us in the confession. Mike, word. there is word. And one, one other thing the word and what? Spirit. His spirit. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren. Brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's an effectual call and there's a general call. Think of, you know, when people are out there and somebody's preaching and everybody's listening, right? Or some evangelist is standing on a street corner and they're hearing the same message, but only a few people are hearing. They're all hearing, but they're not hearing. And that's the distinction. The general call goes out to everybody. Or not everybody, but many people. Likely Everybody. But if you hear, that's the effectual call. And it's done by oftentimes the foolishness of preaching. See, how shall they hear without a preacher? It's the gospel. It's the foolishness of preaching. You ever seen one of those pictures? It's called a stereogram. It's a picture And it just has this pattern on it. You look at the picture and all you see is this kind of cool pattern. But if you point your two eyes and you just focus your eyes like a laser beam on one spot, all of a sudden, just before your eyes, there appears a 3D image within the picture. It was there all along, but you couldn't see it. You've been hearing it, but you haven't heard it. It's like you're trying to hear, but you have earplugs in. And all of a sudden, the wax just falls out of your ears. You think, "Man, I've been so blind. I've been so deaf. So daft. I've, I've been." But see, it's not up to you. The Holy Spirit has to make the Son known. The Father has to draw. Wayne Grudem defines the effect of calling as an act of God the Father speaking through the human proclamation of the gospel, so the gospel is the means, in which he summons people to himself in such a way that they respond in saving faith. It's like a king that's sending out a summons to appear, and with the summons comes the power to obey the summons. Eric got married just, and I think I may have shared this a couple weeks ago, but he got saved in this church like seven or eight years ago, and, and preached, you know, the word that was preached that Sunday. He said, I didn't want to. I've been fighting God my whole life, but it was the only thing I could do. Many of us have experienced that. It was the only thing I Well, here's the the next part of this paragraph. Enlightening their minds. Okay, again, by the word and by the spirit. Enlightening their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the things of God. Taking away their heart of stone and giving them a heart of flesh, renewing their wills, and by his almighty power, determining them to that which is good. And effectively drawing them to Jesus Christ. Yet so as they come most freely, being made willing by his grace. You recall our nature, our our Adamic nature. By nature, we're at war with God. We're at enmity with God. We're like Luke 19. We don't want anybody to tell us what to do. And so you see the two doctrines here. That You see a doctrine of effectual calling, but you also see it working with regeneration, where he changes our nature so that now we, we can hear and now we want to obey. And he changes, he softens our heart. He, in fact, he doesn't soften it. He gives us a brand new heart. What does John 3, 3 say? Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You don't invite Jesus in your heart and then you're born again, make a decision for Christ and then you're born again. No, you're regenerated. When? When God chooses. The, the sp- this is the the promise of the new covenant. He says, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. See, unless you're born again, that's called regeneration. You can't see the kingdom of God. And unless you're born of the spirit and water, you can't enter the kingdom of God. And what he does is he comes in and he sweeps, the Holy Spirit sweeps in and changes our disposition. So because of our natural depraved state, we're incapable of choosing God. But now because he's given, taken out our heart of stone and he's given us a heart of flesh, we can. We're enabled to. We're willing now, as the confession says. Made willing by his grace. And then here's the question Who saves? Who? You? Did you choose God? Because you're so smart? I used to think I did. <laughs> I used to think, boy, did God ever get a good deal when, he, when I got on his side? Oh, Lord, <laughs> it's all God. No one can boast. It's all grace. Well, here's what happens in Acts twenty six eighteen to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Ephesians 1.17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. Listen to that. Paul says to the Ephesians, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, our knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power. Parents, moms and dads, this is what we ought to pray for our kids. This is how you pray. In fact, you could pray this prayer. Father, give them. Give Bob. Give uh, Cliff. Give Cliff. Give him a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Open the eyes of his understanding. Enlighten him that he might know what the hope of his calling is. That he might know the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. And then he says, effectually drawing them to Jesus Christ that they might come most freely. It's not mechanical. It requires... Conversion requires a real response on your part, real faith. It's a real decision. But at the same time, because of the grace of God, it's irresistible. Just like my brother-in-law, he, he it was the only thing he could do. And he leads us out of our whole life. He leads us out of a life of sin and death. And then the psalmist captures it in Psalm 110, verse 3. Where he says, your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. They're volunteers. Yet they're volunteers because their nature's been changed. He took out the heart of stone." And he gave them a heart of flesh. He removed the blindness from their eyes that they could see. He caused them to hear. One last example, and I'll close. A few years ago, we were in uh, Philippi, and we were at the place where Lydia apparently was baptized. In in Acts 16, and verse 14, there was a certain woman named Lydia. And Paul says, she heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira, who worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. That's the effectual call, saints. The Lord opens the heart to receive things that are being spoken. Pray for the effectual call. When when you're witnessing to somebody, pray that they hear. That God would give them ears to hear. That the God of this world who's blinded some that the Lord would stop him from hindering. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Thank you that you have, Father, revealed your son to us. Oh, Lord, thank you for your kindness to us, your grace to us. Thank you for your favor. And, Lord, I pray even tonight that there will be some here Father, that you would call out of darkness. That, Father, you would reveal the Son to them. That they would see their need for a Savior. That they can't save themselves. That they can't clean themselves up. That they can't make themselves acceptable. There's not penance that they can do. But, Father, that they would call upon your name. They would believe in the, work of the finished, finished work of the cross. In Christ's name we